Man, this is Deion Dawkins, man, and you're listening to The Scoop on OwlScoop.com. You already should know. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to The Scoop, OwlScoop.com's podcast, season eight, episode 51. We're coming to the close, the eventual close of season eight. We usually turn things over when uh, preseason camp comes around for football. I'm John DeCarlo, joined by Kyle Gauss and Declan Landis with me this week. Coming up, we have an interview for you with Temple's new director of player development, Khalif Wyatt, who you guys, of course, know is one of the greatest guards to to play at Temple. We'll play a portion of that interview here on the podcast, and then AlScoop.com subscribers will get access to the full conversation, which includes his insight into some of the players on the current roster and a lot more good stuff. Last week, we mentioned that Ari Rosenfeld from elite high school scouting would be on this week's episode, but we're going to have him on next week. He left for Vegas today, covering more AAU ball or scouting more players on the AAU circuit, we should say. And he'll get the chance to see even more players out there and have more time for us next week and more insight. Plus we wanted to talk to Khalif since that was uh, more topical for this week, but Ari will be with us next week and have a lot of great stuff. An insight for us next week. I'm sure those of you who have listened to the scoop for a long time know that uh, he's he's great at just giving us a scan of pretty much everyone the temples recruiting and gives you great insight into uh, into their games. So we'll look forward to that episode as well. The scoop, as always, is brought to you by Greenspan and Greenspan Injury Lawyers. If you've been injured while on the road or the highway and the crash was someone else's fault, the insurance company is not going to be on your side. You need us, Temple Law grads, who will fight hard to get the compensation that you deserve. We only get paid if we win. So in Pennsylvania or New York, call us today at 215-261-7359. That's 215-261-7359. And you can find them on the web at greenspans-law.com. That's greenspans-law.com. What's going on, guys? How are you? Declan, you look like you're doing a little something different with your hair. Are you just growing it out? Is it? Yeah, uh... I just can't afford a haircut. I've got one on the books. How far back is it? It's the furthest it's ever been. Uh, oh, okay, it, okay. It, it almost looked like you had. Collar. It almost looked like you had like pulled back and like a man bunish, but it's not. No, I could like a, do that. But then I, I'm just I'm nervous about. You know, I've already got a big ish forehead. I'm nervous about a receding hairline, so I just I can't do the the man bun. But I Hairline's do like still it. holding on. Um, that with the goatee, you this would have played in like 2002. Like yeah. you probably would have been like opposite Mandy Moore in some type of movie. Like this would have played. Yeah, yeah absolutely. I think I'm tapping into my inner Kenny Powers, you know, a little bit with there the flow go. and the You're up and down. You know, absolutely. John's probably never seen these he's bound down. Parts of it here and there. I mean, I know who Kenny Powers is. He's a fictional character, John. I know. So it's... I'm speaking of him as a fictional <laughs> character. <laughs> I think this is your third, this is week number three of using a different mic every episode. <laughs> I'm trying, trying to stay versatile. I'm glad you. I'm glad you noticed. Keep us on our toes. You know we appreciate that. Kyle, how was the return trip to North Carolina? Sick. <laughs> Sick. <laughs> I drove. I woke up at 5 a.m. It's a lot easier to get out the door at 5 a.m. when you don't have kids. So I was on the road by like 5:08. It's me and like the local construction crews at Wawa at 5:08 in the morning. I got two Monster Energy drinks, the white Monster Energy drink zero, which is the best Monster Energy drink. Drove six hours south listening to uh, uh, How We Got to the Moon podcast by the BBC. Got down to Elizabeth City, got the car, uh, got Taco Bell, and drove right back. 
It's great. It's a great time. It's also a great uh, hour 11 of your commute and it starts torrentially downpouring. And that's when you realize your wife's car needs new windshield wiper blades. Mm. So oh. that was fun. Good time. What's your Taco Bell order in that kind of situation? Yeah, it's good. Uh, it's a good question. Um, <laughs> Thank you. So this, I used to do this. Um, taking over I used to do guest. this off menu. So like when you were just like, you know, a wee lad and I was in the Taco Bell Wars, uh, the cheesy gordita crunch used to just be a seasonal thing or like they took it away for a while, but now it's back all the time. So I get cheesy gordita crunch. Then I do either a Dorito Loco taco, but this time I just did a regular soft taco and I do a bean burrito. So I do the soft taco and bean burrito are the, the staples and then cheesy gordita crunch is usually in there. I used to get like four or five things and now I'm down to three because I'm trying to maintain my hourglass figure. No, that's a good order. That's really solid. You know, it covers all the bases. You get a good like flavor profile. Yeah. You know, I, I'm always searching for the best Taco Bell. Order, when ta- so. Well, so I don't know if you know this, but Taco Bell used to be in the sack and it was part of your meal plan. Yes. So my first semester at Temple, I gained 15 pounds entirely because of the Taco Bell at the sack. Uh, and I used to, they used, I used to get the like chicken quesadilla there pretty often. Cause I just like, you had to get through it quickly, but yeah, that would <laughs> the crunches, crunch wrap Supremes. They, it was right next to, it was where you got replaced by Einstein bros. And then now was is that where Chick-fil-A is? Probably. Well, yeah. Yeah. Well, they also the revamped everything down there. Wasn't there a bur- Were you there when they had a there was a Burger King, King there? there? Yeah. Yeah. That was also, I would go up to Burger King and just be like, crap, like I need to be in class in three minutes. I'm just grabbing like a a whopper or whopper junior or whatever they would have I, them already out i feel cheated there was a taco bell and a burger king yeah, in right. the student center yep i feel about they took away uh spring of 2008 they took away taco bell. i do i feel cheated that, yep. that that's ridiculous i gained legitimately 15 pounds in one semester just crushing taco bell i don't blame you i don't think if there was a taco bell i don't think i'd eat anything else it was so good it's it's the best fast food it really is. It's that like there's two types. There's Chick Fil A and Taco Bell, right? Chick Fil A is like the nicer fast food, but like just like sheer like fast food bag might be greasy fast food. Taco Bell is far and away the best fast food. It's the most variety too. Yeah. Like you could eat there every day in a week and not get tired of it because you're always mixing it up, getting something different. Like I I love Taco Bell. Yeah, your Agreed. eyes are lighting up talking about Taco Bell. Wait, you got how long did it take you to get down there, Kyle? About six six and a half hours. No, I'm sorry, six hours to get down, six and a half to come back. Did you stop at all? Or was that driving? No. So I got an iron bladder. I, I stopped at the Wawa to get the Monster Energy drinks and a Gatorade. And then I didn't pee until I got to the Honda dealership in North Carolina. And then I didn't go to the bathroom again until I got home. You know who doesn't have an iron bladder? You. Yeah. You would be a <laughs> lot of people, like either half-heartedly or sincerely, depending on the person, offered, like, oh, do you want me to ride with you? Like, I'll go down with you, blah, blah. And Every single time that was something I told no to everybody, obviously, but that was something I considered with every person. I was like, how often would I have to stop with you? I thought about that. I thought maybe Kyle wants some company on the way down. And I thought, no, there's no way he would put up with me having to pee every. No, time. no, 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 no. <laughs> no, I would. I would not. I, don't, I didn't want anybody's company. I was just alone with my thoughts for 13 hours. <laughs> You're a brave man. Listen to a lot of pop punk on the way back. I'm just like screaming to like Blink-182. It was, I think, a road trip up to either cover the American basketball tournament, we were going up to Connecticut and I made the mistake of drinking an iced coffee beforehand. And I think you actually got ticked off at me. You're like, you have to stop again somewhere yeah. on the, like the Merritt Parkway. A couple of times you're like, you're, you're, you're joking. I was like, no, I'm not. Declan, once 
know if I've if we ever actually told this story on the air, but I'm just going to tell it. Um, John what? once stopped on the way to a funeral at a Rite Aid to go to the bathroom oh, and didn't no. even put the car in park. Oh, no. He got out of the car and the car started rolling. No. No. He had to go to the bathroom so urgently that he forgot to put the car in park. <laughs> so it's it's a nightmare sometimes traveling with him. <laughs> I can't and, imagine the aftermath. Like the John, John, imagine. John, John. He's like, oh, sorry, sorry. Thank you for being, thank you for being kind and keeping the story to that. Yes, we don't have to get into details. That can we'll tell you. Uh, tell you the rest off of the it, air. Uh, off the air. Off air. Yes. Uh, a rare moment. Kyle cuts me a break in terms of. I'm a. Uh, I'm in a generous mood. Yes. Famous number fifty ones, guys. I was kind of hope. I honestly kind of was hoping we'd just go back to one for this because, like, Tony Wyatt. I'm like, oh, that makes sense. But oh yeah, uh, that would make sense. What do you um, got, Declan? Ichiro. Ichiro. Oh. Thank you. Thank Maybe you, big Ichiro guy. Thank you. And I got another one, but you know, I don't want to steal anybody's thunder. I mean, I'm googling it now because I did no research. Uh, oh. let's see. <laughs> wow, I can't believe you had to research. Old um, I mean, unbelievable. Two, there were two. That- Padre, who has an award named after him. Trevor Hoffman? Oh, the closer? Yeah. Yeah. I I think of two that that jump out, and they're both sort of old school guys in their sport. One's really an old school guy. Football. Um, Chicago Bears. Buckus. Buckus? Buckus. Dick Buckus, yeah. Eagles linebacker when they were going through that period of just churning through like has-beens. You would probably associate him more with... I think of William Thomas, but you're not thinking of him, right? Mm -hmm. No, no, no. this was Andy. Re- yeah, it's Keo Spikes. Oh, he wore fifty-one with the Eagles. Yep, okay. wore fifty-one with everybody. Okay, uh, Randy Johnson as well. I'm not gonna play the game. I'm just gonna say it. Randy Johnson. I believe wore fifty-one. Did game. he wear that with um with everybody? Like, even with I don't know if it was that with everybody, but I have a vivid picture of him wearing fifty-one with somebody. Did I see your Pikachu picture? Yes, it's actually <laughs> on the other side. You can't see it. He wore it's fifty-one. A, it's a bunny. It's it's not Pikachu. Uh huh. He wore 51 <laughs> with Diamondbacks Mariners, not with the Yankees, and not with the early Mariners. Interesting. Old school St. Louis Cardinals outfielder in the 80s. Oh, 80s. Uh not Andy Vance like. I don't know. Played with William Lonnie McGee. Smith. Yes, William McGee. There you go. I'm just scrolling. I saw the Cardinals logo. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good move. Good move. That's all we got. Actor who played in the NFL, Carl Weathers. No, did Carl Weathers play in the NFL? I think he might have. Actor, yeah, Carl Weathers did play in the NFL. Wow, Brian Bosman. He signed with the Raiders. Did he actually play? Yeah, played for seven games in 1970. I'm Um, just, I'm guess, I'm just who Terry Crews. Oh, I was gonna say Terry Crews. Wow. Because the I Rock, about that. That's the a Rock moral never victory. played. The Rock played at Miami, but never played in the NFL. Right? Yeah, he played in the CFL. Yeah, because yeah. Mm-hmm. Or did he play in the CFL? He at least, or did like, he went get up there? Or... I thought. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know who his position coach was at Miami? No. Um, I should know this. I should know this. I feel like I've known it, and I forgot. I don't know. I forgot. Coach O. Who? Coach, coach O. At Odron. Oh, I did not know that. Now you do. Declan, don't you do a good? Coach O voice imitation. I can maybe give you a go, Tigers. Maybe. <sighs> Let me try. <clears throat> go, Tigers. 
That was bad. I just wish people oh, could gosh. see you cracking yourself. That's off. bad. That was better. The second one was better. <laughs> more, I, like, I, it's been a while since I've heard Coach O, but like that's the only thing it's I can true. hear in his voice in my head. He mm. did exactly what I would do if I got fired after making millions of dollars. Just fade. Watch me as I fade away. Just boom, boom. boom. Coach well, the best team maybe ever. Fade into ex- yeah. obscurity. Well, that I think it's that, or I think it's like the 01 Miami teams. Like their yeah. early 2000 Miami teams are insane. Like Ken Dorsey, Willis McGahee. Yeah, yeah, those, exactly. yeah, yeah. Yeah. The ones in the documentary. It is all about the U. And they, they also had a rap song. Yeah, mm-hmm. he did. Yes. Which Greg Olson does not like talking about, but he was on it. Oh, <laughs> mm. well, we promised you guys this Khalif Wyatt interview. The first part that you're going to hear here on the podcast is how this came together for him with Adam Fisher, his time at Westchester. Again, if you're an alscoop.com subscriber, you'll get access to the full interview. And what you'll get there is Khalif talking about some of the current players on the roster, like Hysir Miller, Jaleel White, some of the newcomers like Quante Berry, Jordan Riley, and Steve Settle, Zion Stanford. That's not going to be included in this portion of the interview, but got the chance to spend about 45 minutes or so with Khalif earlier today. And yeah, he's one of the guys that, that if you guys weren't aware with the NCAA's new rules on this, now you can have two additional guys on the floor regardless of their title. So not only is is Khalif coming back, but he's coming back as a guy that can work with players on the floor. And yeah, he's going to be kind of holding holding things down a little bit too, while uh, a lot of coaches are going to be on the road again this week as uh, AAU basketball continues to heat up in July and they're on the recruiting trail. So we'll play this first portion of the Khalif Wyatt interview here. And like I said, if you haven't subscribed yet to Al Scoop, now is a good time. You'll get access to the whole interview and then we'll have more for you on the other side here. We're here with Khalif Wyatt, Coach Wyatt now. Uh, that title is not new to you, but I, I have to assume it seems pretty special to you now. Tell us how this all came together with Adam Fisher. Uh, I went to the Final Four this year. Mm-hmm. I went down there and um, Coach Clark had reached out to me and uh, told me that he had, you know, he went over a lot of names, a lot of Temple guys' names, and uh, he said when he said my name that my name was one of the names that stuck with him. And when we got back to uh, – he said he wasn't going to be able to get with me down in the Final Four. But when we got back to the city that Coach Fisher wanted to sit down and just talk to me casually. So Coach Fisher ended up reaching out to me like a week after Final Four, told me to come down to campus. Uh, he said, you know, nothing official, just, you know, don't wear a suit is what he said. Uh, just come down, you know, meet me, introduce myself, and tell you, you know, what I got going on down here. Uh, so we met for like an hour that day. Then, you know, just was good. It was like an informal interview. Uh, we just got to learn a lot about each other. Of course, I was interested in the job. Yeah, from that from that meeting, you know, I had a, hurt, a little hurdle to get over because I wasn't I didn't get my degree yet. So that was one of the things that was kind of weighing on his decision a little bit. Um, so I just wanted to make sure that I was going to take care of that. Which, which, which you did. Yeah, which I which I am. So um, yeah, it was a little it was a little process. It wasn't like immediate. Call me right back. Uh, I want to say it was like a month, possibly, since the first time we sat down, to him reaching back out and just being like, you know, um, I definitely want to bring you on board. Just want to make sure this this school thing isn't an issue. So that's kind of how that went. 
What did that mean to you to get, I was going to ask you that later, but since you brought it up, what did it mean to, to get your degree? I know I think you had said at the time you promised Fran Dunphy and you promised your mom mm -hmm. that you were going to get your get your degree. What does that mean? Obviously, you, you wanted to get it so you could have that to, to get the job, but I'm sure beyond that it's got to mean something to you. What was that? What did that mean to walk across the stage and then finish everything up? Yeah, no, it was super cool. Um, it was super cool. And it was a super smooth process. Uh, shout out to Temple, first of all, for making it such an easy process for me to come back and finish up. Um, there was no hassles. Um, definitely want to give a shout out to Justin Miller in here. He, he really helped me out a lot, um, just making sure I finished that up and, uh, and helping me through that whole process. What's the degree in? Um, it's a degree in general studies. That's right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, no, it was cool, man. My mom got to see me walk. Um, Coach Dunf came and saw me walk. Mm -hmm. So that was uh, that was cool. And I was just just glad to have that so now that I was officially qualified to to do what I what I want to do. And when you're sitting down with Adam I know you said it was informal but I mean you've played in the biggest places you've played overseas you've hit big shots were you nervous at all sitting down for for an interview like and if you were what is how does that compare to other things you've accomplished in your career? Uh, I wouldn't say I was nervous I didn't know what to expect you know, it was, like I said, it was informal, so it wasn't like I was getting interviewed. Like, we literally were just sitting down in his mm -hmm. office just talking, and, uh, you know, like I said, getting to learn about each other. It wasn't like a, a super in-depth interview right. of my basketball knowledge mm -hmm. or anything like that. We were just talking about life, his, um, his experience coming through, and his experience from when he got the job to the day that we were talking. Mm -hmm. And we just were, we just were really chopping it up. And this is what's cool, and you know this, maybe some fans who are listening don't know this, but the NCAA's rule now, they're allowing two more staff members to be on the court regardless of the title. So fans love you because you were a good player, the way you carried yourself, you had a sense of humor. But this isn't just a thing where, like, okay, you're a name coming in and you're not going to be, you're going to be in an off-the-court role. You're going to be on the court. How important is that to you? Because this is something that, that you're serious about now in coaching. Yeah. It's cool. I'm looking forward to it. I'm glad that I get to be on the court. That's what I want to do. Um, I don't think I would have wanted to be in any position that didn't involve me being able to be on the court with the guys and, and helping in that capacity. Um, so I'm excited that I'm able to be on the court. And, um, yeah, I've been having fun just, just being out there and helping the guys and, and you know, watching film with them and, and just, you know, putting myself in their shoes and being who I would have wanted at that stage mm -hmm. what have these first few days been like just on on the job i mean guys know who you are but what has it been like to actually now just get involved and get into it uh, it's been cool it's been cool just to just to be a part of the staff in general has been cool um you know we have coach fisher put together a great staff all great guys man all who love their job uh, so the energy in here is always like everybody's just excited to be here so it's been it's been cool uh, the players have they've been receptive to me um, a lot of them have, you know, reached out to me. They want to get on the court with me and things like that. They want to watch film with me. I'm just looking forward to helping, helping, helping them as much as I can, helping them and the staff as much as I can. And I think even just like, especially now in the summer during these live periods, one thing you can't do is get out on the road. Although mm -hmm. I think down the road you're going to be a, a good recruiter. So you're kind of while these guys are away on the road, you're kind of you're helping to run the house here. What is what does that involve? Is it just working guys out a lot and just making sure they're staying on top of everything? Yeah, uh, just just really, you know, encouraging. Even we're not allowed to be on the court with them a lot because right. it's still like the hours and right. stuff like that. It's not like during the season. Right, but we're really just here to encourage guys to, to make sure that they're getting to work and while the coaches are away. And, yeah, like just 
making sure guys are getting in here and, and, and you know, getting better while coaches are away recruiting. You've said it now a couple of times. You like the energy around here. I mean, that sounds like a simple thing, but talk our listeners through like what that means to you, what that looks like to you. When you, you touched on it a little bit, you said the guys love their job, but you've seen different eras of Temple basketball around here. When, when you say, I like the energy, what, is that, what does that mean? What does that look like? Coach Fisher, he's different than, than Coach Dunphy. He's mm -hmm. different than Coach McKee. Um, his, he's more jovial is the word I like to say. Mm -hmm. Like he's just excited and he's, uh, he's, you know, high energy. So from the moment you walk in here and, you know, you see him, he's smiling, he's excited about something, talking about something. Um, it just trickles down, I believe, to everybody else. And, you know, the energy is just high. Everybody's excited to be here. We're talking about practice plans, uh, you know, recruiting, things like that. So just when I say the energy is good, I just mean that it's, it's positive and everybody's super optimistic about really the opportunity that coach has here. Hey, we've known each other for about like 15 years now, and I remember – I think a while back I was talking to you for a feature I did on you for the Times-Herald, and you were telling me that story about when you were growing up, you were across the street from, like, Oak Street Park. I mm -hmm. forget what the official name of it was, but you said everybody called it Oak Street Park. Yep. And you talked about how, like, that was where you learned to play, and you would get a little nervous and intimidated before you got really good, and it was a chance to prove yourself. Do you ever think that far back to think of, like, the beginnings of that, to know how you've just progressed in your career. I mean, a, a lot of times the coaches and athletes say, I, I don't take too much time to reflect because I'm still working at it. But this is cool for you. you. You've progressed. You've basically been able to do, you know, everything you wanted to do. And now you're a D1 coach. Do you think back to those early days and like when you were the younger Khalif Wyatt who was like nervous to try and prove himself and now people are coming to you to learn about the game? <laughs> no, definitely, definitely. Um, since I stopped playing, I've been a lot more reflective just because mm -hmm. it's, you have a lot more appreciation for where you came from and the process that it took for you to get there. So, yeah, I'm looking at coaching really the same way. I'm new. I'm, I'm fresh. I don't, I'm not coming in here like I know everything. Mm -hmm. I'm looking to really learn as much as I can at this stage in my career and, um, and really just use my experience to help the kids and to, to help our staff as much as possible. I'm looking at it like I'm that little kid down Oak Street right now who mm -hmm. doesn't know much and just mm -hmm. excited to be playing and excited to be coaching and just, yeah, excited for the opportunity. You played the game in such a memorable way, and you're probably sick of everybody saying, oh, he has the old man's game with all the shot fakes and stuff, but it's you, you did. You, you really had your style of playing that really worked. Do the guys here, I know like sometimes the younger generation gets knocked for saying, then we know what's in front of them. They don't do the research, but... Do the guys you're coaching now, do they know about your playing career? And is it, when you're working with them, is it possible to pass some of that along to them? Or do you try not to mess with their playing styles too much? For the most part, I would say most of our guys are familiar with me now. Mm -hmm. Maybe they weren't prior to meeting me, but I believe most of them are prior to my, I'm at our, um, know who I was as a basketball player. Mm -hmm. And as far as working with them and developing them and trying to get them to not play like me, but for me, it's more like how they see in the game, mm -hmm. um, how I saw the game, and like just, just always seem to be like two or three steps ahead of everybody. <laughs> right. I would think it's more at this stage. I think it's more of me teaching how how to play and like how to see things more than uh, than actually trying to get them to do my step back or do my pump fake or anything like that. I just like to share my how I saw the game and how things made sense to me, and like to just share that with them. 
Where does the, this might also sound like a simple question, but where does the desire come from the coach? Because you've been successful doing other things. I mean, you launched your own clothing line, the marathon mindset thing. I think you've done some, some real estate stuff too, right? So you've had the ability to, to dabble in a little bit of everything. You know, I think sometimes fans assume, oh, okay, when this guy's done playing, he's going to coach. But you're really taking it in. And you also paid your dues at Westchester for a year. You didn't sit around like this entitled person and say, I'm just going to wait for Temple to call me. Where does the desire come from, the coach? Um, my passion is in mentorship. Even, you know, when I was doing the, the, the camps and clinics and things like that, mm-hmm. um, that was really just for me to, you know, get around as many kids as possible and to mentor and, uh, and help and, and things like that. And even dating back to my um my first, I don't know if I ever told this story before, but the first time I sat down with uh, Nick Plack, summer one, mm-hmm. of, uh, he was our academic advisor, and he asked me, like, we're trying to figure out a major, and I just was like, I don't know, I want to... Uh, I want to do something with kids. I want to help kids. And he was like, all right, well, you got two options I can think of right now. He was like, you can either go into social work or you can do education, like be a teacher. He was like, to be an education major, you have to keep a 3.0 GPA. And I was like, all right, give me social work. (laughs) So from even back then as an 18-year-old kid, I knew that I wanted to help kids, mentor Mm -hmm. kids. So I didn't know how or what capacity. Mm -hmm. But fast forward to 2017, I get hurt, and I was able to, like, sit back and, I went back to my passion, which was mentoring kids and like mm-hmm. being around the youth. So I started having camps and clinics and stuff like that. And um, so, yeah, just my passion for coaching really comes from being around young kids and, and mentoring and being that, you know, that voice of reason for a lot of youth. I mean, you're younger than me, but now these guys are even younger than you. And even if you were to go to speak at a camp, there are more opportunities for them to, to head down the wrong path that maybe you and I had. How much, when you are doing stuff like that still, is it more, I know it sounds cliche, are you talking to them more about stuff off the court than on the court sometimes? Um, it's a balance of both. Um, I definitely want to make myself available for definitely more than just basketball. Um, what's going on outside the house, everything good at home, uh, girlfriend bothering you, anything like that. I want to um, you know, be available for things like that also, as well as things on the court. Um, so really I just want to be a, a friend to them, like a, a mentor. That's the word. Uh, Whatever they need, advice on anything, uh, I just want to be, you know, there for them. Like, you know, certain people are there for me. Mm-hmm. What did you take from your time at Westchester and working under, under Damian Blair? Again, like some guys will wait around. I've talked to some guys before say, well, I don't, I don't even want to be a GA. I'm just waiting for a spot to open up. And they don't realize that mm-hmm. they might have to pay their dues a little bit. And you, you jumped in. You know, what was it like there last year being on that staff? Oh, that was a great experience. Coach Blair does a great job up there. Assistant coach, Coach K, Coach Ben K, they do a good job out there. It's a good program. Uh, for me, what it did for me was it just gave me the, I got into the routine of being a coach. I was getting up, getting to the office early with those guys, uh, going to practice, you know, going through practice plans, getting guys better after practice, uh, sitting with the coaches after practice. So I got into the, um, the routine of you know, what, it, what it takes to be a, a college coach. Um, so I think that helped me a lot. I didn't know what to expect going in. I didn't know how many hours those guys put in. I didn't know all the things that went into being a, on a college staff until I got there. And, you know, shout out to those guys for, you know, letting me be a part of that and, you know, really taking me in with open arms and, and helped me a lot. And uh, just with the experience, because, uh, you know, it's not like here where you have 13, well, I'm not sure how many staff members we have, but it's a, it's a bigger staff. At Westchester, it's just Coach Blair, Coach K, myself, or was myself, and like a GA or two. Mm-hmm. So um, it's not like 
you know, they, it's a lot of they need hands on deck. So they, they they let me help out a lot, and they um they gave me, you know, a good experience of being a college coach. And you were out there recruiting. I know you didn't get a chance to do it too long when you're recruiting at the D two level. Were you seeing even more guys slip through the cracks now because of the transfer portal and because, you know, some like uh, coaches say all the time, we want to get old and stay old, and that typically involves recruiting out of the portal. Did you were you going to some schools and saying like? This kid's probably a D1 guy, but I might be able to get him to Westchester. Were you starting to see a little bit more of that during your time there? Can't say that. Um, what I saw was that for what I learned was that for Westchester to recruit you out of high school, mm-hmm. you have to be a really, really good high school player, like mm-hmm. a, a Division One player mm-hmm. for for Westchester to recruit you out of high school, mm-hmm. because you know the portal now and they can go and get a guy to transfer down from Division One. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, that was the, my biggest takeaway from my experience at Westchester's first recruiting. If they're recruiting you as a high school kid, most likely you're not a Division II player. You're, you're, you're a Division I player. They only recruit Division I players. Everybody knows when you got here, you and Dump clashed, and everybody knows that story. It's been told a thousand times. But I think at one point he called you the best offensive player that he ever coached and said you were like a basketball savant. But similar to the, my other question, when you, when you reflect, do you think back to those times and think of how you guys got on each other's nerves and now he loves you, cares about you? Not that he didn't before, but that was part of the process for you to learn. And now you are in the position that he was in. You're trying to help younger guys. Do you think back to that too? Uh, for sure. I mean, all those experiences helped shape me into who I am today. And now I can use those experiences to help kids not make the same mistakes that I did with coaches or with, you know, with anybody, with staff in general. So, yeah, all those experiences that I experienced coming up are now for all these kids to, to, you know, really benefit from and not, if I see somebody going the same path that I was going with Coach Dunf early on, I can see it early and be like, you know, that's not the way to go. Uh, If you keep going that way, you're probably not going to play. So, yeah, I just want to use all my experiences from, Coach Dunf through my professional career to really just help kids not make the same mistakes that I did. Hey, do you still get the chance to now talk to him now? And if so, what do you guys talk about in terms of coaching? I know I was talking to Trey Lowe last week on our podcast, and Dunf always has, like, I know the first time around LaSalle wanted him, he was like, nah, I don't, I don't know. And then they came back to him and said, we need you. And he always has, you know, he, he can't say no. He always feels a sport obligation. Mm-hmm. And with a roster that probably was not the best roster in the A-10. He takes them, you know, they, they won a couple games in the tournament and nobody be, should be surprised that they look like a pretty well-oiled team and they fell a little short, but he got them going right away. What is it like to see him in that role now? And then what conversations do you guys have now in terms of like any coaching advice he gives you? Coach Dunf, yeah, we still talk at least once or twice a month. Most of the time it's just about family and checking mm-hmm. in and stuff like that. It's not really about coaching. Mm-hmm. But a quick, funny story, Coach Dump. So we're at Westchester. He's up there recruiting or something like that. And I'm up there. It's like a high school. I forget what high school event at Westchester. Mm-hmm. Coach Dump is up there. And I'm like, uh, I'm think, I'm in the coaches mode. I'm like, let me ask Coach Dump a coaching question. Like, I never really done that before. Mm-hmm. So I asked Coach Dump. I said, what, what, uh, what coaches, like, what coaches do you like to watch? Like, do you watch and, like, you like their style or whatever? He's like, Leaf, I don't watch coaches. He's like, <laughs> I like Steph Curry. I like to watch Steph Curry. I don't watch like so. That was that's that's as much as a coaching conversation we had. But I yeah. took I took a lot from that. Like he's like I don't 
I like to watch players, man. I watch coach. Like, you hear him say, I like guys that can hit shots. Yeah, I, like, yeah. Like, I watch Steph Curry is what he said. So, uh, yeah, we never really talked about coaching. Um, he's he's helped me. I mean, he reached out to Coach Fisher on my behalf. Um, coach Dunn has helped me a lot just post-basketball and just, you know, just, just being who Coach Dunn is, man. And it's funny how many people that I hear that I don't know that who Coach Dunn has helped. Like, he's just – he's a helping guy. And uh, I'm just glad that – have him in my corner, and you know I'm grateful for our relationship. How different is coaching now as opposed to when you were being coached in college? What are some of the differences you're noticing in terms of? Well, your eyes are lighting up now, so I'm sure you got some responses here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a big difference, man. It just seems like it seems like there's a lot more hands on deck. We didn't. I don't remember having a me on the staff, somebody mm-hmm. who was just focused on getting me better. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like. Our assistant coaches were great, but they had a lot of other responsibilities that weren't necessarily focused on how can I get Khalif better as a basketball player today. Literally, that's as my role in the staff. That's like one of my only focuses. Like how how can this player get better today? Every day that I'm here, that's what I'm focused on. Mm-hmm. So um, that's just a big asset to have for any staff, really. Um, but yeah, we didn't have that. So yeah, just more hands on deck, and it's more. I feel like you get more individual attention mm-hmm. just because it's more people on the staff and yeah man the resources are I mean we got there's a lot of stuff here that we didn't have only 10 years ago so it's a good time to be a student athlete do you feel like this sounds like the old boomer thing to say but sometimes people say you can't push kids as hard as you could five or ten years ago because now guys can be like all right fine if I don't like it here I'll hit the portal not that it's always that easy but Mm -hmm. yeah I know you're still getting your feet wet here but you know this program you're getting to know uh, you're getting to know Fish's style do you feel like the, like guys still want to be coached and you can still get on them as long as you kind of like pull off that mix of being their friend but also being stern with them? Right. I definitely think it's a it's a balance. I definitely think you have to the kid with the kids today. You have to um, you have to earn that respect. You have, they have to respect you and they have to know that you um, that you're coming from the right spot, mm-hmm. the right space. Um, because if they don't respect you and if they don't know that you have their best interest in heart. Mm-hmm. then it's going to be hard for you to get on them mm-hmm. um, and to, to to really push them like, you know, how older coaches used to push guys, you know, with like cursing or whatever. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, these these kids today, they have to know that you – they have to know that you care about them mm-hmm. before you can start to push them. How much does your personality come through when you're coaching guys? Because you are you – are, you're super smart and really funny too. Mm. Like I said, we, we would cover you. We would even the, you'd make the la- the refs laugh, mm. and you could tell like there there was good chemistry there. How much does that does your personality come through when you're coaching? Can you do you know when to like place a well-timed joke and to to get them laughing and listening? Yeah, yeah. I think as far as with the kids go, like I'm just I'm not too far removed from their shoes. Um, so you know we speak the same language. I know how to talk to them. I know how to I know I know how to relate to them. And with them, I'm just being myself. You know, mm-hmm. if it's time to joke, if I have a joke, I'll say it. If I don't, I won't. Um, but for the most part, I'm just, I'm just want to see them be the best version of themselves, mm-hmm. and uh, and just be there for them. I'm just being myself, so mm-hmm. I'm naturally going to have a joke or two for them. And we're naturally going to, you know, build that relationship. But for the most part, I'm just, I'm just focused on getting them better as players and as young men. Where does that personality come from? I don't think I've ever asked you that before. Mm-hmm. Is it like? Was the house like that? Was your mom like that? Aunts, uncles, brothers? Like, where does that, if some, did someone in your family say, oh, Khalif's just like this person or that person? Or did you kind of, is it your, your own thing? 
So it's funny, I have an eight-year-old a brother that's eight years older than me. So I told this story to my friends before, but in my house, like I went from watching Barney, and then immediately I went to watching like Martin Lawrence and <laughs> Def Comedy Jam. Yeah. It was like no in between. Like I yeah. didn't watch a lot of cartoons because my brother was, if I was four, my brother was twelve, so he wasn't yeah. like watching cartoons. Mm -hmm. Only one TV, so mm -hmm. one remote. So he, I was watching what he was watching. And for the most part, he was watching Martin Lawrence mm -hmm. and Def Comedy Jam and. Uh, and Fresh Prince of Bel Air and stuff mm -hmm. like that, stuff that had comedy in it. So, from straight from Barney, I went to watching jokes. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I, I would bet that's probably where most of my uh, <laughs> my, my humor comes from. All right, big thank you to Khalif Wyatt for spending as much time as he did with me today. Again, you can get access to the full interview if you are an AlScoop.com subscriber. And again, the second part of the interview with Khalif involves him just give me a little bit of a scan of, of the roster again, particularly. Some of the new guys like Quante Berry, Jordan Riley, and Steve Settle, along with some of his insight on Heiser Miller and Jaleel White. Kyle, you covered Khalif. It's sort of coming full circle now where, again, he's not just a a face on the bench and a guy to just have a former player back. He's going to be able to be on the floor. What memories come back for you of, of covering him and how much of an impact you think he can make now in this role? Yeah, I mean, I think he was the best player I've covered at Temple. Towards the end, I think he was the best player. Like, I think he's like a top six, seven, eight player in Temple history. I think he's the best player I covered. I, I think his story is kind of if Khalif Wyatt was a class of 2023 prospect, our message boards would hate him by February of 2024. They'd be like, this guy was a waste. How, why they recruited him? He's barely playing. He showed bad shape. And then he turned himself into one of, if not the best guards in the country by his senior year. I think the things that kind of stick out are obviously, you know, the craftiness of his game, but just from a non-basketball perspective, he gave such great quotes and great, yeah. like just moments. I The one that kind of sticks out is before the game against Indiana, where he drops, you know, 31 and almost kind of single-handedly beats them to get to the Sweet 16, uh, which obviously they come up short. He said like, Victor Oladipo is a great, great player. He's not the first great player. Like, I think I'm going to be able to go toe to toe with him. And like he, he, he was kind of fearless. He single-handedly kind of buoyed that team, but it's not something you would have seen after his freshman year. So I think his tale is kind of a credit to patience and a credit to like, I, I hate quoting this, but I'll quote this. Rod Carey once said like players are allowed to get better. And like, mm -hmm. that is true. I feel like us as a society now and us as like people watching sports kind of just assume that whatever people look like as a freshman or wherever they play as a freshman or sophomore is how they're going to be their entire career. And that those early 2010s Temple teams were full of guys like him, Will Cummings, Ramon Moore, who might have started off a little rocky, but by the time they were junior seniors, they were significantly better. So if you're an optimist and you're a Temple fan, I think you're hoping that kind of rubs off on some of the guys that you're like, okay, I'm waiting for them to take that next step. Real quick, Declan, hands up, honesty. Are you frozen right now? Is Declan frozen? Yeah, he might be. Oh, no, we lost Declan. I was going to ask him just, did he think Khalif Wyatt's name was Caleb Wyatt? Because, like, if you're, like, a newer guy and you didn't cover Khalif Wyatt. Now he just know. dropped off of, he just dropped off of Zoom. Out of sheer embarrassment, he left. Out of sheer, out of sheer embarrassment. Hopefully we'll get... Hopefully we'll get Declan back on. I sound like a sports talk radio host. Uh, bad signal. We'll get you get you back. The producer turn will get you radio back. off. Yeah, like, turn yeah, your radio off. Back. Producer will get you get you back on on the air here. There's Declan entering the the waiting room again. Good good podcast audio. The top. This is terrible because we don't put a video. The top of my Dr Pepper Zero Sugar Cream Soda looks like like a Coors banquet. Looks like I'm just drinking like a a regular Coors in the bottom, but it's not. It's a Dr Pepper. <laughs> 
Declan, Declan before, is, before Declan he disappeared. Is back. You froze up. At, you froze at a point where your head was down on the mic and it looked like you had passed out on, on the mic. And I thought, is, is he okay? And let's but just say right. we evaluated it. You should be worried about your hairline. Like it oh. is. <laughs> We're going down that path, buddy. I'm sorry. We, we did not have that. <laughs> you know, it, it, he's it just really saying that to you. Worry. No, he, you know, he's right. It's he's, he's digging into my insecurities. <laughs> my, my wifi just decided to shut down about, it feels like 10 minutes ago. So you caught me mid frustratingly banging my head on the microphone uh, because <laughs> I couldn't hear a word you guys were saying. Well, what I was going to ask Declan is hand up, honest to God, before you heard this interview or before you knew that Cleef Wyatt was going to get hired, did you think his name was Caleb Wyatt? No, only because when we were covering caliph battle last year people kept calling him caliph battle and uh i think it was either john or or javon or Caden kept telling people like no caliph wyatt caliph battle so that's how i remember there you in go. My head. good for you thank you i pay attention his, sometimes does his homework yeah Declan, why did you, you you didn't get a chance to cover caliph wyatt why, why how you old were you in out? 2009 oh no his wi-fi is going out again <laughs> wi-fi is going out again if people could see how this how this freezes here and now he's now the, the frozen image i have to take a picture of this is him just like i just took one br- bringing his hands through his hair in in disgust these are just these are tremendous moments here for declan now you're back maybe <laughs> here we go okay Trouble starting shooting. to wonder declan i think you're a major league talent you might be a, a triple a connection so we might have to like <laughs> might have to Look, figure I some mean, things out you know I think uh, I think we should get a, an owl scoop office and we should do podcasts there. And there then used we don't to be, have to worry about that. When I worked at Temple and I lived in Glenside, I would just go through like this one area where there was just like they were renting like an office in like a house for like five hundred and twenty five dollars a month. But you always every time I'd pass them, I would home and be like, what if I just rented that? Like, yeah, this is our owl scoop office. I think you've told me that before. <laughs> that would be awesome. Owl scoop. As, as long as it's somewhere with the anybody. <laughs> yeah. I said, as long as the regional rail connects there, I'll get there. It does. You yeah. know? Glenside, yeah, glorious. That's that's all I'm looking for. Station. You're, you're, I see you now, but you froze for a second there. Yeah, you froze for a second. We thought we lost you again. Get your mom on the. Oh. Get your parents on the phone. I want to talk about the Wi-Fi. <laughs> I literally, I got up as soon as it froze, and I like maybe it was passive aggressive. I didn't mean it to be, but I was like, "Is anybody else having Wi-Fi issues?" <laughs> Just loudly. My dad goes, do you, said, my dad goes, do "You want us to get off?" I was like, "No, no, it's fine." But I it's just, fine. I'll just like suffer. Like it's cool. No, it's fr- it's frustrating. And n- nobody right. did anything wrong. But you know, Declan's co working space in Northern Maryland. All right, so we have Declan back. Declan, who is using AOL dial up internet to to access Zoom today to record the scoop. That's what and it feels it, like. Remember, they used to get minutes. You would get like a CD and like your cereal and be like seventy free minutes of AOL yes. internet. You'd be like, sick. <laughs> Load up on this. <laughs> Everybody like has checks. an off day, okay? Yeah. And and Cecil County Wi-Fi having an off day today. Declan ate, ate a 23-year-old box of Cheerios to, to get his... Uh, I don't know. Was it Cheerios that it was in? Now I'm really like having... I feel like it was a lot of them. What was it? The other one was like Nextel? Or there, was, there was always something I gave. Yeah. Ce- Cecil County, I probably drove through your... Uh, no, I, I went through Delaware. I did not go through Cecil County then to, to get to North Carolina last week. I was going to say, if you went 95, you went through Cecil County. I did. I, I went like where I was like, one, like, like 13, 113, one, just like. Yeah, that's the beach area. route. You took the beach route. I took the beach route and there's stretches in there where you're like a family dollar next to a dollar general next to a dollar tree. I'm like, how are there? How are there? Is a, how is there enough need for dollar stores in this stretch? 
The three of you are surviving. Dollar stores are versatile, man. You know, you can get anything in there. I think they're especially all especially down there where there's very little. I, mean, I think they're work. money laundering fronts. I, I don't see <laughs> I don't see how those things possibly stay afloat. Two things can be true, you know? It's fair. Among the topics I never thought we would get into in the scoop, talking about dollar stores and dollar generals as money laundering fronts, but mm-hmm. really we can never? do some, we can do not, not uh, we can do, grow not up, Peter Pan. Okay. Welcome to the real world. We're talking, <laughs> we <laughs> talking about real world issues stuff too. As we've been waiting for Declan to get his act together with his Wi-Fi, Temple has announced their Sorry about that. 2023 Hall of Fame class, which includes, as we're talking about Temple basketball, Marty Collins, the last player to be drafted in the first round of the NBA draft coming out of Temple. Lavoie Allen was a second-round pick. The class also includes Jeffrey Hamm, who was a men's fencer from 61 to 65, Dr. Kamali Thompson, women's fencing, Walter Brown, former golfer, Earl Chu, who was on the baseball team from 1970 to 73, Barbara Hick Cuesta, who was on the women's lacrosse team, and Michael Moran, who was uh, with men's gymnastics, and Nadia Batson-Harvin, Miss Nadia, who has been a longtime uh, administrator in the football office. She's worked with Al Golden. She's worked with Matt Rule. She's worked with several, several football coaches and really makes that office run. So congratulations to, to all of them. Now Earl Chu played single A ball for a team called the Key West Conches by Conch Shells, which hmm. the idea of a, a minor league team being in Key West is wild to me. Yes. Just How like, would those players stay out of trouble? I like I it'd be like when you book too long of a trip to Vegas and you're like by day four, you're like, oh my God. Like I'm like I'm gonna die out here. That would just be a bunch what? of like 19 year olds from Des Moines getting sent out to Key West. What do you think their per diem was back then? Like seven bucks a day? Um, like eleven dollars and like a, a tin of skull. Just like like <laughs> off you go. Have fun. Key West has you now. Enjoy Irish Kevin's. I've never been to Key West. I just consistently hear about how crazy it is. So yeah, I can't imagine it's a great influence for young minor league ball players. So Irish know. Kevin's has a live webcam. <laughs> You could just watch uh, certain bars in the world, and, and you're watching it right now. I just, well, now I just it, it's down right now, so I just switched to Hog's Breath Saloon, which I've also been to in Key West. <laughs> Hog's Breath Saloon, <laughs> yes. Oh. Who's tuning into that? Who's Kyle's. like? Kyle. I legitimately when Kyle's I was in, when I was in Key West in March, I was down there with a guy who loves Key West so much that he watches these webcams when he's at work. Really? It's just like like it allows me to disconnect from my job and just kind of like. Oh, look, it's sunny, and those people are drinking hurricanes. And mm. conversely, I used to also work with somebody that would watch Cornell used to have a live webcam of a bird's nest on their campus, and he would just watch that all day. There's no real segue out of this. Uh, a <laughs> basketball recruiting update to pass along. Temple extended an offer yesterday to Angelo Cervino from Chicago's Mount Carmel High School. So I know they're going to be making a, a, a significant local push with the 24 class and definitely with the 2025 class. Again, we'll talk more about that with Ari Rosenfeld next week. But it also goes to show you that they are still continuing to recruit nationally as well. Again, he's at Mount Carmel High School, having a good summer, good shooter. Again, locally, of course, they're prioritizing players like Matthew Gilhole, who'll be at Long Island Lutheran this coming season after being at West Town. And Isaiah Pasha is playing a post-grad year in St. Thomas More after being a Cardinal O'Hara. And then in with the 25 class, you have KJ Cochran from the Perk Yeoman School. You can check out Rymir's story on him if you're an Scoop subscriber. And uh, like I said, we'll expect that they'll try to make a, a big push locally in 2025. Guys like uh, Kai Shinholster at Penn Charter, where Brandon Williams is now their head coach. And then you have Devin Booker, where Deontay Christmas is on the staff, and Christo Ray. 
And then uh, Cam Wallace at West Town, and of course, Jerry McKee, the son of Aaron McKee at St. Joe's Prep. So again, if you tune in next week to The Scoop, you'll get a chance to listen to Ari Rosenfeld talk about all those guys and more. Mount Carmel, the alma mater of? Donovan McNabb. And? Um, I know I'm forgetting something. We're a Temple podcast. Uh, Oh, come on. Justin Lynch. Yes, who is officially a running back now at NIU. He is? Yeah. He he started uh he started for three games at quarterback last year and then during spring practice they said can't throw at the D one level you're running back so he's a running back now I feel bad saying this Greek I forgot he existed for a little while that was just because like that season after like week five you're just like okay I want this to be done with so like every game didn't matter you're just yeah. kind of like watching him you're like okay yeah but yeah he was a recruit with some promise at some point had learned yeah. from his brother who was a very good player, but well, I had no idea he'd been moved to, uh, to running back, but yeah. yes, that segues nicely into football. We're also, again, like I said, less than or about three weeks away from preseason camp for football should be getting an idea soon of what we'll get in terms of media availability and that schedule and how much of practice we can see. Typically it's 15 minutes of stretching. And uh, I don't know if I'll be doing zoom interviews or if we'll be able to see a little bit more, of practice this year, but we'll have some preseason football coverage coming up for you guys. I'll throw this question out to you real quick, guys. And again, we'll get a lot more into football. Give me, give me a newcomer on each side of the ball that you think will make a, an instant impact this year. Go ahead, Declan. Well, right off the bat, Kyle Williams. I mean, in the running the back room, we've talked about Williams him once a week. I'm, I'm like willing to bet at this point, just because of how much you hype them up that like he red shirts. Maybe. Like, I'm maybe. just like, okay, like, maybe, like, because of this, it's going to end up being, like, egg on Declan's face. Well, even <laughs> if he redshirts, he can play four games, right? Could, he yes. Could, yes. If there he works go. his way well, in the depth chart to that level. And in those four yeah. games, he's going to be the best Kyle Williams he can be. Exactly. I mean, he's, and he's a good I mean, he's pretty good. He was very good at Harrisburg High School. We just like teasing you because you're super high on him. And, and you know what? That's valid. But, you know, I think you watch the, the spring game. You watch his stuff, you know, in high school. I think it's it's not hard to get, you know, to think a lot of what he might be able to do. And we say it every time, like it, it starts with the offensive line. But, you know, that's somebody that I think could be really good. On the defensive side, somebody that I'm really excited to watch is Dewan Black. We've heard a lot of good stuff from him in the spring. And, uh, you know, somebody that people have said has stepped up to be a leader, somebody that's been really vocal on social media about, you know, loving Temple, loving the process and, and getting started with that. And, you know, I think it'll be interesting to see how he fits into the defense as well. Kyle, yeah. what about your your instant impact guy on offense? I'm going to just sit down, put my feet up, and watch highlights from the 2020 Colorado State Rams. Because I think Dante Wright is a proven commodity at wide receiver mm-hmm. for uh, Rumeniza. And then Taiwan Francis at safety, I think, is the the favorite to start opposite of Alex Odom. Yeah. So those you, t- you took my guys. Thank you. Well, yeah, well, I mean, you threw this question at us last minute, so I don't think uh, <laughs> I don't think you have any right to get yeah, your high horse. I'm not on a high horse. High horse. Your high horse. High horse. I'm on high one horse. of the little. I'm on like one of the little mini horses that in in Chincoteague. Did you pass and, through there uh, at all on your way back? We did not. I did not go to the east and go to Chincoteague. That would have been no, way out of your did, way, right? Correct. It's an island. Right. Chincoteague oh, okay. Island, right? Oh, I so did see. I did see. Um. I saw the horses in Outer Banks that are the same thing. There's like, they got thrown off a boat by the Spaniards 500 years ago. Now they're so inbred that they, they're missing a vertebrae that they're tiny. That's a very good explanation because exactly people, yeah. They, 
They so the Outer Banks and everything used to be like five miles further to the east. Like there's so much like sand. So like where the Outer Banks is now used to be like woods and forests. So that's why you see like if you're on the beach a lot of times you'll see like stumps. So like the Spaniards got beached on like a sandbar. It's like crap. How did we get weight off here? Throw these horses out here. These horses have just been thriving for 500 years. It's exactly what happened. You said that like you said that like Norm Macdonald doing Burt Reynolds on Celebrity Jeopardy. It's a big hat. It's funny. <laughs> exactly what happened that was that was a ton of great knowledge there Declan are you at all well versed with the the smaller horses they're they're like literally smaller horses they're not necessarily mm-hmm. like little they're ponies, not ponies right? they're not ponies they're smaller horses no no I'm not as no. <laughs> no. the only one here that's no. cared for and got paid to take care of ponies during my teenage years at Waterloo Gardens, right? At Waterloo Gardens. This is our effort uh, to grow our flex. listener base in both Chester County and the greater North Carolina Metroplex. I wonder what happened to those ponies. Because Waterloo Gardens went out of business like 2010. So I imagine they unfortunately are no longer with us, but there had to be a they didn't go out of business because the ponies died. So there had to be a stretch where, like, what are we doing with these ponies? Are the ponies at Tony's house or did they sell the ponies? There were two Waterloo Gardens locations. There's the one mm-hmm. on. There's one in Devon where they did. In Devon, um, yeah. Like uh, that's what like bankrupt them. They tried to get into patio furniture stuff in Devon, and they were like, "Oh crap, we just wasted so much money on inventory." The main and line just said, "Nah." The main line said, "Well, you're not bringing the ponies with you," and that was that. Yeah. Hated those you're ponies. You're not bringing new additions to the Devon miniature ponies. Now? Assholes. They're all assholes. <laughs> Why? They're just, awesome. I've, I've definitely told this on the scoop before. Like, they were just mean all the time. They'd beat the crap out of each other. They would escape from their pen. One time, they ex- uh, we had radios. They escaped from their pen. I sent the new kid who was like 95 pounds soaking wet. I'm like, go wrangle those ponies back in. And then I hear him ask for help. And I turn the corner and I see him like with his legs planted. And he just gets bowed over by a pony, just like <laughs> right, flattened by this pony. And I kept going that. And then we'd have to wrangle them into different pits that happened like once a week. I think you have told the story before. I forgot how much I enjoyed it. Yeah. Declan, that sounds Hell like a job. job. That sounds like a me job? That sounds like your dream job. Uh, John, I told you that I can't even do dogs that are like my... Like, I know. I can't... Like, are I like tiny dogs. Them? Yeah, I just... I You know... Well, first of all, I'm allergic to everything under the sun. Mm. So, me... Except and... for Pikachu rabbits. Well, I mean, this one's painted, so it's probably allergic to that. So there's not so many allergens, but the paint. You're yeah, saying. it's not the 70s. Like, that's uh, not lead paint. Yes, yeah, lead everything paint. else, I'm fine. You know, but like one of my younger brothers was really into horses for a long time. And I just, mm-hmm. every time I stepped out into the farm, like it was, I couldn't breathe. You, like it was wait, terrible. stepped out into the farm, like to go see him with horses? Or yeah, to go watch him, like, oh, ride okay. his horse. I, was about to see, I, I thought, I I thought you were revealing to us that you grew up on a farm. No, no, no. Actually, I grew my um. There's a cornfield like surrounding my house. Nice. But I don't really count that as growing up on the farm because I'm not going out there. You know. Do you have yeah. a serious voice stuff. challenging you to to dole the baseball field there? Not yet. I do keep listening just in case. Never seen that movie, but I do get the. Or reference. do you? I mean, you're not gonna get this reference then. Or do you like see aliens and you chase them into there, and then eventually you just Ooh, find like good. a. By the way, I do get that reference. Haven't seen that movie either. No signs. That's a that's a big. Oh, I was thinking movie. Children of the Corn. No, Children of the Corn's oh, okay. not uh, aliens, right? It's like zombie children. Yeah. I've never seen Children. Of the Corn. Once again, never seen. Let's talk so. about signs. Love signs. Love signs. I, I also grew up when I lived in Indiana next to cornfields. Cornfields underrated aspect of growing up because we used to just cut through them a lot, and like it was just cool because you're just like with your buddies, like walking through cornfields, like doing things you're not supposed to do. 
It was a good. Oh, see, we're the opposite. We only go in there if like we're playing baseball and one accidentally slips in. Otherwise, oh, I, no. just, I won't. Oh, no, I would do it because of the quickest way between two points of the straight line. So going through your cornfield. Oh, you're I know the no. answer to this. Your favorite moment from science. Uh Vominos children. Vominos. <laughs> yeah, they're in the when he's in the closet. That was the yeah. first time you saw that it was a little scary too, because you're just like waiting, you're waiting, you're waiting, and you get the jump scare of the alien. Like, yeah. There you go. Crap. Good stuff, guys. Good stuff. Good movie. Great good movie. Stuff. Uh, good Killed movie it. insight. To close things out. No mailbag this week. We'll we'll close things out by reminding you all of the the TBT and Temple's involvement in there with a lot of former Temple players. Of course, we talked to Trey Lowe last week. Now the Broad Street Birds are actually going to be on ESPN two next Thursday at four PM in their first game. You can check out Declan's story there. A couple quotes from Shiz Alston and Trey Lowe. And then uh, you'll hear this in the second part. If you're an Alscoop subscriber, I did ask Khalif why about the Big Five TBT team that he's coaching. He's still going to be allowed to to coach them. They open up against the defending champions, the blue collar U team. Raise your hand if you knew that a team of former Buffalo players won the TBT last year. Blue collar U. I yeah. don't even know. I don't even know if I could tell you somebody that played at Buffalo. Yeah, other so, than like the recent guys from like Newman. Good so for they, them. they open up playing a TBT on July 24th. So on that team, Khalif has guys like Raleigh Hollis Jefferson, Sage Tolbert, the only other player on that team. With Temple ties, CJ Aiken, who was pretty good at St. Joe's, Clifton Moore played at three schools, and then Marcus Kennedy, who was uh, started his career at Villanova, SMU. And finished up at SMU. So we'll see how things go there. We also have um, this is the 13th on the 15th. Adrian Lang, the North Jersey cornerback, is announcing his commitment. Uh, had some big offers, but I think Temple is the favorite there. So there things go. are coming down the pike. Yes, things are starting to get to get busy again. So. Which is wild because if you read our message boards, Temple won't be able to exist as an institution past the weekend based upon the vibe on our message boards at times. Yeah, it's getting chippy. It's getting very, very. We love it. We welcome all discourse and discord. Discord and discourse. Wait, wait, wait. I don't get it. Yeah, discourse is it was appropriate, right? Yeah, it was discourse, conversation. Discord is more like conflict and chaos. Yeah, the same boat. I was thinking of the app. That's no, I wasn't. Did you think yeah. I was like, no, do you think I was? Like, I thought you were no. correcting me. Like, discourse no, no, is a word. No, I was like, no, discourse no. is a word. No, as soon as I saw you get into your Google eyes into the camera, I thought, no, 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 I'm not trying to correct them. So mm-hmm. I took it as a shot. It was not a shot. It was registered as a shot. My my attitude has changed <laughs> to it being a, having been shot. I'm, I'm, I'm shutting down now. I'm going to shut down. <laughs> Wait, what is that from? I'm going to put, I'm going to take Declan's it. Declan's good with references. He'll probably get it. Oh, am I? <laughs> I'm gonna shut down. I'm gonna put things into neutral. What is oh, that? are you oh. talking about the when in Wedding Crashers when he like resets? Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, yes, he's like, it. It. just for you. Like, he's like loading up on the pancakes, I'm, like and the sausage links and stuff. Yeah. Is the last night my sock that? that was running around all day playing football in sweating into <laughs> shut down my throat. Yeah. You haven't seen Wedding Crashers either, Declan? No, I have, but the way you said it, I thought that Vince Vaughn said it. It is. Like, it, it, it is. It's just funny. He's like, I don't want to talk to you. I'm going to sit over here. I'm not being rude. So I just need to get back to neutral. I love that movie. No, no great segue out of this one anyway. We'll just uh, thank Khalif Wyatt for uh, spending as much time as he did today with me. And uh, again, hope you enjoyed. Hope you guys enjoyed that interview, that conversation. Again, reminder, if you subscribe to Al Scoop, you'll get to hear the whole thing. A lot of great stuff from Khalif. A lot of great insight on the current roster. Much more. Again, we'll have Ari Rosenfeld next week with us from Elite High School Scouting. He'll be able to give us a really good scan of who Temple is recruiting in these 2024 and 25 classes. And hope you guys all have a great weekend. Great rest of your week. And we'll talk to you soon. Mm-hmm.